Hello again. Hello, everybody. Everybody take your seats. It's teaching time. Yeah. Pastor Deborah's here. Is everybody else here? Okay. Yes, yes. I see you. Even that precious young one that I was just talking to. Yes, I know your other part of you is a messed up thing. And it's hard, but you're here because you know you need to hear some truth. And we'll get you there. That other part of you, it's just going to have to give way. But it may not. But we'll work with you, okay? Hi, everybody. I'm Pastor Deborah. And as you can see back on the board, we're in another Isaiah 61 teaching. Yes, we are still in verse number 8. Remember, I take each little section of one verse. Sometimes, you know, I'll take one word. We have been working through verse 8. And let me go back and remind you, I'm going to read it to you right out of my Bible. Hang on just a minute. All right, I'm back. I've got it. I'm going to read the entire verse 8 for you. So you can see where what we're going to teach on today fits in. All right. I may be looking down. I bring my Bible up here. All right. Verse 8 of Isaiah 61 says, For I, the Lord, love judgment. We did a lot of teachings on that little section. Comma. I hate robbery for burnt offering. Semicolon. We did a lot of teaching on that. So you go back through the uh, global teleministries teachings and find them. They're there. And I will direct their work in truth. We did a lot of teaching on that part of this verse. And now we're in the last little portion. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. And that's where we've been working. We've still got verse 9, 10, and 11 to go in Isaiah 61. Then we'll pick up with Isaiah 62. You don't realize that these two major scriptures, Isaiah 61 and 62, were foundational in Pastor Deborah's life in learning how to help people. The Lord's way. It also helped me because I got to know him. Yeah. The Lord. Much, much better. I was able to look deep into his heart and his mind as his word was speaking to me. And we're in that little last section, that part where it says, And I, the Lord, will make an everlasting covenant with them yeah and we are in part number 15 takes us a long time if you do spiritual teaching correctly the lord goes slow it's a lot to take in and he understands that about us but this is stuff that is right from him And when we go into many places and we read many books, we don't 
do a lot of deep studying. We don't look up every single word. We don't look up the history of the person who wrote it. Maybe we don't watch a lot of the, what they would call, biblical movies. And then, of course, that other part of us, our soul, if it's damaged, wounded, hurt by any kind of abuse, neglect, or it's lived in other faiths and religions or nations, it is totally ignorant. And a lot of times it is stubborn and it refuses to believe anything that it does not believe as truth. And it will shut you down, hang up the telephone, not listen to you, argue with you. Because what's happening is a concept is coming in, an idea that that part of you, your soul, your subconscious does not believe in, either through experiences or how you interpreted them or what you've been told maybe in therapy or in books you've read. It doesn't believe it. It wants you to believe what it believes. And it wants you to accept what it believes. And it wants you, if you're trying to help it, to not argue with it, to just let it go on about its business and believe that it knows all truth based on its experience. But Pastor Deborah's different. She doesn't do that. She knows that part of you needs a lot of help. You might call it healing. It is healing. But you need knowledge. That part of you needs understanding. It needs to be able to listen But many people can't do that for a long time. So what God does in his loving kindness towards you is he brings your spirit to Pastor Deborah and to many others for your spirit to get the information. Then your spirit can help your own self by relaying that information to your soul. It's a battle. Oh my gosh. It is horrendous. When new beliefs and ideas and concepts are trying to come in to bring information, help, knowledge for you to understand, it's war. Yeah, not pretty. Been there with a lot of people. Yeah, but I'm going to teach right now on Isaiah 61 verse 8. And it may cause some of you some problems. Mm -hmm. Because you may not believe what I'm telling you. And that's okay. You're not there yet. I'm not the one who helps you believe. I'm the one that transfers information to you. It is the information along with a loving father of that information working through his spirit of truth that will help you. I can't convince you of anything. I'm just relaying information to you. There is that spirit of truth that's working in you, around you, with you. And that spirit of truth is the spirit of this word, this Lord, that is going to make this everlasting covenant with you. His job is to help you to believe, even to overcome all your experiences, even in the spirit world, and to even believe 
from all of your biological experiences, your emotional experiences, all that your subconscious has had to live through, has had it done to it, what it has believed for its entire life. Yeah, that's his job. All you have to do is have a willing ear to listen, maybe a seeking heart to want to know truth. Some people don't. They just want to defend what they believe is truth. And they're trying to gather as many people to their side so they feel like they're right and everything they believe. And they try to bring a person, we'll say like Pastor Deborah, to their side. Pastor Deborah's been there a long time doing this mess. And I know which part I'm talking to. But others don't. So let's begin this part. Put your little listening ears on. Let your heart and your mind be desiring to know truth. You'll learn much later that it is this truth that you don't know yet. And that will set your mind, your subconscious, free and your spirit of its oppression, its wounds, It's from abuse and neglect. It will open the doors to your heart to believe, to be loved. Yeah, truth is a powerful thing. Yeah, and did you know that there is a person, he's not actually a person, he's a spiritual being who is against you knowing the truth. He's the adversary of truth. He doesn't want you to spiritually know the truth. He doesn't want your subconscious mind to know the truth because he knows if you get the truth and you're no longer ignorant of it, you will be set free, healed, delivered from the oppression, the darkness, the ignorance, the lack of knowledge and all that goes with that of lies and deceptions, even though you have believed that they're the truth. So there is an enemy of truth. But all you need to have right now is a heart that says, help me, I want to know truth. That's all. And to be able to listen. So let's begin this part of verse 8 with a little prayer. Father, we thank you for bringing all these precious spiritual beings and wonderful people here and who will be listening when they watch the tape. We thank you for your love of them and that your desire to bring to them truth to help set them free from all, even an idea that's oppressing them, a thought, a belief that is conceived in lies and ignorance. We thank you, Father, for your wonderful Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth that brings your word to us, that brings your light, and then brings life out of death to us, that brings healing out of sickness and wounds, that brings honor and glory out of defilement and dishonor. We thank you for helping us today as we study one more little portion of your word about your everlasting covenant that you have made and will honor with all of humanity. Thank you in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. All right, let's begin. 
In lesson, or part number 14, we had finished up and we were talking about one portion of the everlasting covenant with this God of Isaiah was that he wanted to make this nation named Israel, which means prince, which was the seeds he was going to use to get all of humanity. Because his goal was that he would bless this nation of Israel. And the rest of all the nations in the world would look at them and say, Wow, your God is a loving God. We want him as our God. But Israel, in their state of being unsaved, unborn again, still flesh creatures, couldn't hold to that great task that was given to them. They got it and kept it for themselves. And they didn't understand, because they were still flesh creatures, that this was for the rest of all of the world, every nation, for generations to come. And God had just finished telling them that in this covenant with you, you are going to be in my house. I will make a house, a nation, a family out of you. And I will bring all the nations into this family. At the time, Israel didn't understand that. They thought they were unique, the only ones of this God. They did not see and understand the love this God had for all of humanity. Because their experiences that all of humanity had abused them, enslaved them, were jealous of them. And Israel didn't love them, didn't see their part in this global, worldwide plan of making all people and bringing all nations into the family of God. They didn't understand that, so they didn't do what they were supposed to do. But God's had his covenant with them. Because when this God speaks out of his mouth, his throne, into the earth, into a person, those words become laws that are decreed. They become justice over injustice. They become the victory over defeat. They become the purpose that will be fulfilled. And he will send his Holy Spirit, his truth, through his word, with power in it, to fulfill it. He'll watch over those words of the everlasting covenant. The Holy Spirit's job is to bring those words to pass, to fulfill them as the word said they would be. The Holy Spirit was to work faithfully, even with unsaved men, unbelievers, and even out in the darkness of the other nations, to fulfill this covenant that God says, I will make this everlasting covenant with them. God is thinking with all of humanity. They are all my, and I want them back. They've been lost to me. They've been trapped in prison cells of ignorance and abuse. They've been wounded. They're in slavery. Their whole DNA has been changed. Their image and likeness is no longer me. It belongs to their other father, my adversary, Satan. Yeah. When you see somebody who's jealous, 
That's the nature of Satan. When you see somebody murder, kill, anything, corruption, pride, lying, inciting riots, inciting violence, when you see anything protecting bad people doing bad things, we see that a lot in what they call propaganda. They don't, they don't want you to know the truth. They want you to know their truth. When they censor you, however that's done, that's not of this loving God of Isaiah 61, verse 8. That's of the God of this world, the adversary of God. That is Satan's nature and image working through the flesh, the subconscious the biological body, and the spirit to produce here on earth the kind of kingdom he wants, not one of love, joy, and peace between humanity, not one of honor and dignity and respect. This adversary, he too has a covenant with his special people. Yeah, he found some special people, all right. And he calls them his princesses and his kings. And they are promised money, a lifetime in hell with him. They are promised anything they want. If they want power, they get power. If they want houses, they do get seduced by houses and cars. They can have whatever they want. The lust of the eyes. A lot of people don't understand child pornography. It's called the lust of the eyes. And when you look, an image comes in, your mind thinks you're doing it in here, but you haven't done it, but we learn later. As you think, so you are. Yeah. So Isaiah 61, this everlasting covenant was spoken out into the world. So the Holy Spirit of truth and the legal arbitrator lawyer and judge of the covenant could be working with us humanity which we're a mess so let's pick up in part number 15 we were going to go to isaiah isaiah 54 verse 8 and this is still following in the uh, framework of the covenant that this god was making with israel about making an everlasting covenant Verse 8, in a little wrath, he said, little anger, I hid my face, my presence from you for a moment. Mamas and daddies do that. Go to your room. Leave the table. Yeah, we have to hide our love from you when we have to discipline you. Or we get too angry with you because you're not listening. You could also say, I'll hang up the phone on you. I won't talk to you. It's a way of hiding our face from you, keeping you out of our presence. I hid my face from you for a little while, for just a moment. But with everlasting kindness, will I have mercy on you? He has to remember himself that he is a God of everlasting kindness. And even when his creatures that he has created have been totally changed, abused, enslaved by their abuse, wounded, hurt, angry, mad. 
and the spirit is living in darkness, which means ignorance. He has to remember within himself, like a mama does. My little infant child brings up my anger. They cry and they cry, but I have to remember. I was what brought them forth originally. Now they're changing, but it's not their fault. And I've got this deep love in here, this everlasting covenant kindness. And I will remember that. And he says, but with my everlasting kindness, will I have mercy on you? I will forgive you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Wow, he has to remember that now. Parents have to do the same thing. They have to have a lot of patience. This God, believe it or not, I taught in some wonderful, wonderful teachings for a pastor Moses over in Uganda about the inheritance. God had to grow up and get past all his anger because he was dealing with flesh, ignorance, darkness, a subconscious and a spirit that were shaped in another's image and likeness. And you cannot battle that. And he he knew the solution. They all have to die. And they did in his mind. In him. In his word. On a cross. He had to be able to take a giant leap. And say I put all of humanity. All that ick that they are and have become. In me. I'll take it on myself. I will become them. And then I will crucify it. Because the only solution to healing is death. And then I will show my power of bringing life, resurrection, healing. Out of that death, a spirit, soul, and physical body, I will bring a new creature. Completely brand new, never existed. And I will help it to develop into my image and likeness just like in the beginning back in the garden of eden with adam i will help them to grow and become i will have justice against injustice i will take the robber who stole from me my property my children my image and likeness and perverted it and humanity I will have judgment on the robbers. Yep, and he did. All from a cross. Then life was brought forth in a resurrection in a young man named Christ Jesus to show that life overcomes death and all the evil. So his words first came. Then the following actions. So he's telling us, I've got this in me, and I will remember it towards you, about you, and with you. Now let's go to Matthew eleven twenty-eight to get a little deeper understanding. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So... He's talking to himself that these people have made me mad. And I have to turn away from them. Or my presence, which is like the sun 
It will burn them up. And they can't be in it in their condition right now. So I have to turn away from them to save them. But I will remember my loving kindness towards them. My words I have said out on the earth. Now we learn later this young man that he sent that had the word in him that was the word. It was God the Father himself in this young man come down to earth itself to become one of us to help us, to talk to us, to try to help us hear him. Because he is a very big God. He's very powerful. And it frightens us. It'd be like trying to talk to a volcano. Rumbling and fire and smoke. We run. And that's what happened in the Old Testament. So he has to put that aside. So he came in this Christ Jesus. Came in a physical body named Jesus. Came inside of the spirit that was there. Called Christ. And he anointed it with the Holy Spirit. He was in the Holy Spirit. Speaking through the Holy Spirit. Speaking through the Spirit of Christ. Speaking out through the mouth of Jesus. The biological body. And here's what he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come, come unto me, all you that are laboring and are heavy laden. Have you been abused? Are you in therapy? You're not healed. You're angry. You can't get your life in order. You can't forgive. You can't forget. You're heavy laden. All of you that wonder what is going on in the world. You are heavy laden. You don't know the truth. How many of you have no peace in your life? You see all the injustice and all the hate. and You're hateful. You don't like anybody with a different skin color or different sex or no sex. He says you're heavy laden. You're not at peace. He says come to me. So he's calling the subconscious to himself. He's calling the spirit to him. Yeah, that's why you're here in the garden and you're watching this. He says, come. I know of your heavy laden. I know of your labor. You're trying to find something. Peace, love, joy. A, a nation that isn't what we see on the earth. You're trying to find leaders that aren't corrupt. You're trying to find where there's no explosions and COVID-19 and sickness and death. You're trying. You're hopefully, but you can't. You don't understand crime and sex abuse and human trafficking and illegals breaking into other nations. You don't understand why their nations aren't straightened out. You don't understand. So you're laden down with worry and stress. And not knowing, having no solutions to anything. So he says, come, come unto me, not to Pastor Deborah, but to him, the Lord of the everlasting covenant, and I will give you rest. So we need rest. Most of us are agitated. There's no peace. We live in fear of something. We don't have any control of anything. We're heavy laden. We need some rest. 
So he's calling. He's saying, I've got the answers. He's calling. Now let's go back to Jeremiah 32, 37 through 41. And this is verse 41. Yes, I will rejoice over them to do them good. And I, the Lord, will plant, place them in this land of rest, of mercy, of kindness, of a new life. Love, joy, and peace life. My kingdom, my presence, my land, assuredly with my whole heart. And my whole soul will I do this. You have a God that wants to help you. Now a lot of people. I just watched a video yesterday. About a lady who had been sexually abused. Calling on spiritual things. Not this God. To help her. She was calling on ancestors. Spirit guides other things spiritually with energies to come in and help bring that peace. Now this God is the originator of that. These are all false gods trying to take his place of providing this rest from your labor to bring you peace and everlasting kindness. They go, well, that's his pattern, and that's his desires, so we are going to do that also. And in one's ignorance of spiritual things, in one's soul who needs help, they reach out to another source, other spiritual things, besides the one true one. Oh, you'll find some peace, that's for sure. But it's peace not from the source. Mm -hmm. And that other source is so happy that you invited them in. Because they don't want you to have the true, the undefiled, the holy, righteous source that they know you need and that he wants to give you. Mm -hmm. That's what I learned yesterday. So we're learning here in Jeremiah that this God desires with his whole heart and soul to help you. He's going to wants to rejoice over you. He wants to do you good and he wants to take you spiritually and put you in his garden while you're here on earth. So inside of here you live in his kingdom. Inside of your spirit is his kingdom of love, joy, and peace. The king, the governor, the Holy Spirit is there. And your spirit's at rest. And then out from that, the culture to your soul changes. And your soul is being renewed, transformed into this new soul, which is supposed to be a helpmate to the spirit. And this new culture of the kingdom of love, joy, and peace. This kingdom, this land, this presence of this God of the everlasting covenant is beginning to spill over into the soul. 
to bring healing to it, knowledge and truth. And it does warfare against what's there. But most of the time, Pastor Deborah deals with little baby spirits. And they're not strong enough and they don't have enough of the word and the truth in them to shine that light. To let it flow. They don't know how to let it flow through them yet. To their soul. And they don't know how to get the soul to flow it through their biological body. They don't know how to do that yet. So it's it's kind of complicated for a while. So the soul is stays in charge with all of its hurts and wounds and ignorance and anger and heavy ladens. Where the spirit is just an infant. And Pastor Deborah's job, along with the Holy Spirit and the Lord of Isaiah 61, is to help the little spirit grow and develop in truth. Yeah. So let's end right here. Where we hear that this God knows you're in, got burdens You're in pain. You're wounded. He knows that. He knows everything that's happened. And he says, I want to do good to them. And I want them to come to me. I know they're heavy laden. They're stressed. They're worried. They're they're trying everything that they know to do to find peace. And they can't find it. They're trying to find joy. They cannot find it. Some are working from the outside, the physical body, through drugs, sex, chemicals, food, the eye gate, the ear gate, anything out here to bring in to the soul that will make the soul feel calm, peaceful, happy, joyful, have great pleasure and peace. So those two parts are trying to get Only what this eternal Lord of Isaiah 61 can give. Some people carry guilt and shame in their soul. Their soul is split and disassociated into multiple personalities. Mm -hmm. Their biological body is all messed up. The chemicals, the hormones, everything is messed up. And they're trying everything they know, the hardest they can, for help. They know something's not right. A lot of people don't want to admit it, but it is. Some people cry out for help and don't get the help. Some people don't know that they have issues, but the family sees it. They don't know what to do. And they go to doctors or mental health therapists, and they don't know what to do. The criminal justice system just locks them up. In fact, the jails and the prisons have become the normal psychiatric state hospitals yeah that didn't work out well back years ago so there doesn't seem to be any solutions to the violence there seems no solution to why the earth is acting up the way it is corrupt leaders stealing all the nation's monies and resources why is there still slavery we know it's illegal You don't sell people, but they sell pets. Why are children still kidnapped and sold into child pornography? Doesn't look like humanity has changed very much. 
and it hasn't. And the source will say like when of Israel, the prince was supposed to get strong and be shining out to all the world. It didn't do it. And nowadays, most of your faiths don't do that. They try to violently get you into it. Or they're so isolated, you're not welcomed. You're not the right color. You're not, don't have the right beliefs. And there's such a division. And they're not even preaching the message called the kingdom. Mm-mm. So people don't get any help. But they are seeking spiritual help. I saw that when I had a little booth, a little church in a flea market here in Pensacola. The T&W flea market. People seeking out information from tarot card readers. Yeah. Going to palm readers. Yeah. Going to psychics. That's all spiritual beings. Spiritual connections. Trying to get information, guidance, help. This one lady, she was using negative energy, ancestors. Mm-hmm. We know we're to have spiritual help. And humanity is trying from every source. When you hear of an actress or actor channeling something or a person, they are spiritually doing something to get into that role to make the movie. They might become that person form a whole new personality in order to play the role. But you'll hear them talk about channeling. That means something comes inside of me and I speak it out. Some people are channelers and people go and watch them go into a trance and then they talk to something that's there. Man coming out of female body and people are mesmerized by it. Did you know there's also something called psychic healing? Yeah. And there's something called psychic vampires. My dad experienced that. Where your very life is sucked out by some bad things and put into somebody else. Yeah. So humanity kind of knows there's a spiritual connection out here. And we're trying. We're just going to every source but this source of Isaiah 61 verse 8. And we're going expecting kindness and mercy and help. Yeah, we are. Because that was what was spoken. Yeah. So let's pray and end this one so you can just start thinking. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for your little bit of powerful spiritual truth. Help us to understand what we've heard to believe that it's true to take it into our spirit plant it in us and help it grow up and mature that it then can flow out to our soul and transform and renew our icky old soul's thoughts and concepts and ideas change the culture of the soul into one that you desire it to be, one that represents and shines out and reflects 
the kingdom of love, joy, and peace. The kingdom of agape love. Let our soul, our subconscious, become its rightful place. Put it in its rightful place. A servant to the spirit. Help our spirit to come forth out of the darkness and ignorance that it's in. Help it to come and no longer be a tail, but become the head of this three-part system of spirit, soul, and physical body. Help us all you can, Father. Shine your goodness and your mercy on us. Help us and draw us to yourself. For we are so heavy laden with so much, and we cannot lift it off of ourselves. We need you, Father, to help us in all areas of our life, in our spirit, soul, and physical body. And we thank you that you love us with loving kindness, that you made an everlasting covenant with us, and that you are working on it to bring it to pass in our life. Amen. All right. You guys go and enjoy the garden, and I will see you next time. You can call me, email me, whatever you want. And we'll pick up right here, and we'll get back to Jeremiah 31, and we'll keep working. This was part number 15. Next part will be part number 16 of Isaiah 61, verse 8. And I, the Lord will make an everlasting covenant with them. That's you. I'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually. And hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again. Watch another one. And we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments. And if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at agapeloveishere.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.